This is Bear Brown the dog. He's a golden doodle and he is an Instagram sensation. You can find him at bear.brown.thedog. I love Bear Brown the dog. He's a golden doodle, golden retriever, poodle. As you can tell by the photo, he has a lot of poodle in him. You can also tell by this photo that Bear Brown the dog is white. And I love me a white dog. The problem with having a white dog is that he gets dirty really easily. And it, he stinks. And, 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 and you can call me a lazy dog owner if you want to, but, but, but I've just, I have to resort and wait till that, that grooming time that comes around about every six to eight weeks with Bear Brown the dog where, where I send him, I ship him off to the groomer for them to, to, to trim his, his hair and, and, and toenails and things like that. But, but they wash him to make him look clean and smell clean. Uh, call me what you want to. Haters gonna hate, but thank God for dog groomers that know how to make my dog smell good and look good. I like Bear Brown to be clean and pure, white like snow. You know, we live in a day and a time in which this thing called cleanliness is a very big deal. We have been told for the last 22 weeks the importance of washing your hands. Levase las manos. Wash those hands. We've even been taught how to wash those hands, like make the turtle within your hands. Wash them for at least 20 seconds. Sing the song happy birthday or whatever, but we, we've been taught that cleanliness is extremely important during the times in which we find ourselves living in. We, we, we are going to great lengths to protect ourselves from receiving things that might cause us harm, like viruses, and we wear masks. But this idea of us trying to stay pure, this idea of us protecting ourselves from, from anything that is dirty or harmful or might cause us ill, we have been working hard to keep ourselves clean. But what happens when you do get dirty? What happens when something adverse, something that is not good for you, does find its way onto your body or into your body? What do you do to clean yourself? Let me ask you from a different angle today. Maybe in your personal life, what do you do when you become dirty, you get a little something in you. You get a little something on you, Pastor Wes, that just causes you to not look clean or maybe even to feel clean. And you know, we all get dirty. We all have this dirt issue in common. The, 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 the Bible says that for all of us have dirt. We all have, the Bible calls it sinned. We're all lead up with it. And so even with your best efforts to keep yourself clean and keep yourself from becoming dirty or impure, listen, it's going to happen to you. So what do you do in those moments? What do you do when you become a little unclean? When, when maybe you're not, your personal life is not pure as 
snow. How does a person make themselves clean? I, I think that our default or our natural reaction, maybe knee-jerk reaction, is, is when we find ourselves a little dirty or unclean or impure, our, our, our natural response is, you know what, we're going to work harder. Or, 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 or maybe, hey, hey, listen, I, I'm going to perform a good deed. I, I might even start going to church. I'm going to go to church because, you know what, I was lousy this week, and I'm just a little, I just need to go, and I need to go through the, 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 the spiritual wash tub. Or, or for some of you, maybe, hey, you know what? I'm going to give some money to, to a worthy cause. What do you do? What is your reaction to whenever you become dirty? When you become a little unclean. What we oftentimes try to do is we try to be good, don't we? But how, how good is good enough? I mean, how, how do I know that I've done the right thing or I've done enough in order to, 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 to become clean? How do I know when, 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 when I give enough or go enough or serve enough or pray enough? How do I know that, that, that I've done enough to, to make myself pure again? Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book uh, several years ago called How Good Is Good Enough? And we used to pass that out and give free copies of that all the time in our, at this church because so many of us wrestle with that question. What do I need to do in order to be good again? What's the process? What do I need to go through in order to cleanse myself from this sin, this unrighteousness, this stuff that has eaten me up? How much work do I need to do? How much sanitizing do I need to go through in order to become Pure again. Well, today, as we continue in this series called Promises, I want to share with you another promise from God. And it's found in the book of 1 John, chapter 1. Not, it, it, this is really kind of a, a messed up thing in the Bible. If, if, this is actually not, yeah. So there's a book of John, but, but we're going to go further back towards the end of the Bible, towards the book of Revelation. You're going to find Again, first, second, and third John. So yeah, yeah, this is actually, is this second John? Because it's the, I don't, first John, just look it up in the front of your Bible, okay? It's just, just, just trust me there. The book of first John, chapter one, verse nine. Promise from God, look what it says. But if we confess our sins to him, our dirtiness, our uncleanliness, our unrighteousness. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That's a promise from God. If he said it, we can believe it today. That word confess, if we confess, the fourth word in that verse, if we, but if we confess, that word confess in the Greek is the word homologeo. And it means this, it means to acknowledge. When I confess, that word in the Greek, the word confess, homologeo, means to acknowledge. Here's what I want you to understand today about this God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, Yahweh. Here's what I want you to know about him. The God that we sing to, the God that we worship, the God that gave these words to us in 1 John 1, you need to know that he is a forgiving father. 
Now we struggle with father a lot in our culture because so many of us have been wounded or hurt or we carry baggage from a father, earthly father. But then when you throw that, that word forgiving in front of it, that really jacks a lot of us up because we've seen time and time again, fathers that aren't healthy, whole, or a great demonstration of, of what a true father is. But when you say forgiving with it, we struggle with the word forgiveness, don't we? We do. We struggle with that. And so it's hard for us to wrap our minds around how could God be a forgiving father? I just want you to know that there is something you can count on with him. He does exactly that. He forgives us our sins. The word of the Lord says it right there in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He's faithful, meaning that you can count on it. He's just, means he, he exercises the right way towards us. He forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all our wickedness. You see, guys, if we will agree with God about our sin, and if we will homologeo, if we will acknowledge, if we will not only confess that, agree with God with that sin, and if we will turn from that sin, the promise of God is that he will forgive us and cleanse us. Now listen, this idea of confession I think we've, we've misconstrued what confession is because confession is not just something rote or routine that we just went to show up at, 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 at a certain facility in order to do that. <clears throat> it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not something that, that we've got to go to another human being necessarily in order to do. This, this thing called confession, when it comes to our sinfulness and our dirtiness and our wickedness, listen, the promise of God is that when you will confess that to me, if you will agree with me towards this sin, then I'm gonna step in and do something for you that let's just be honest, you can't do on your own. You, 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 you can't do enough good stuff. You can't give enough. You, you can't sing loud enough. And, and man, I twisted an ankle this morning in worship because it was just so awesome. And I'm 50. Um, you can't do enough stuff in order to make yourself clean. But God can. And when I confess my sin, I'm acknowledging, listen, God already knows your sin. He already knows what it is that you're doing, but it's in that confessing of my sin that I'm acknowledging it also. God knows it and he wants you to know it as well. He wants you to step into that agreement with him and acknowledge that. And having agreed on that sin in my life and calling it out, so many of us have prayed like this, God, you, you know I've messed up. Lord, just forgive me. No, 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 no. God wants you to put a name on that. God, you know that I did, and you fill in the blank there today. He wants us to agree with that and put a name on it. And it is only by doing that that we are able to receive the forgiveness that I believe 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 describes for us here. Not only does he forgive us, but the final few words in that verse says he cleanses us. Come on, white as snow. This is so much better than Bear Brown, the dog being clean and looking white. This is God forgiving the worst of me. 
and cleansing me from that. If he said it, we believe it. We believe it. But let me ask you a question today. Have you ever not confessed some sin in your life? Oh, this is the transition moment in my message today where, where you know, we, we really kind of just have you start searching your soul. <laughs> have you ever not confessed some sin in your life? I have. I have. And do you know what unconfessed sin will do to you? It will eat you up. That's what it does. It's what it's done for me. Unconfessed sin, those times in my life when I've not confessed that to the Father, you know what it does? It begins to eat at me. It messes with my mind. I begin thinking about it a lot. It messes with the way that I view myself. Maybe for some of you, you can relate feeling even worthless. Maybe like you're a loser. Gosh, I know I shouldn't have done that, but look at me, I've done it yet again. And, 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 and unconfessed sin will eat at you, making you feel like, oh, there is no hope for you. You're doomed. It'll affect relationships with other people around you. You'll start looking at them differently. And it's not that they've done anything. It's just you have and you've not dealt with it. It'll eat you up. You carry around, so many of us carry around this guilty conscience when we don't lay everything bare at the foot of the cross and tell God this is what we've when we don't acknowledge, when we don't homologeo with him, acknowledge that and confess that, it, it, so many of us are walking around today with this load of guilt and shame and your burden and you're being weighed down by it and the enemy is having a field day with you right now. The psalmist in Psalm chapter 32, beginning in verse three says, when I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Can you relate to that right now? The, the, the psalmist is saying, listen, there were some things in my life that I had not dealt with with the father and it was eating away at me. It tore me up. It consumed me. I felt depleted. I felt dehydrated. I just didn't know. I groaned. And maybe today as you're listening to this, that's exactly where you are at. You're carrying it. You've not dealt with it. You've not confessed. You've not acknowledged and you've not turned away from that. And it is destroying you. It's eating you up. But the psalmist goes on to say in verse five, he says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And look what the Lord did. He forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unconfessed sin will eat you up, friend. It'll eat you up. You know what unconfessed sin will also do? It will affect your ministry. Now, when I say ministry, I'm not talking about those of you that are on church staff, although that 
that, that I believe that there are so many even leading in churches today that still need this sermon today. I need it. So I'm not talking about ministering the local. I'm talking about your, your witness for Jesus, period. You're shining your light. You being salt and, 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 and light in our world. You're, 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 you're being like Jesus in the culture. When, when we do not confess our sin, it has an effect on our ministry. So, so many of us are walking around with guilt and shame and, and, and we've got this unconfessed sin that's just the root of that. And we're wondering, hey, why aren't we seeing this breakthrough happen in my life? Or, or hey, I've been praying this direction, maybe for someone, maybe over a situation. We've been praying and we're wondering, golly, where's the breakthrough? How come nothing's happened? God, are you not listening? Where are you at? And, and, it, and it's probably not God's fault but it just might get back to this root of this unconfessed issue that you're dealing with in your life. It, it, it affects your witness. It affects your ministry. And so many of us are carrying around this guilt and this shame. And, and, and the enemy loves that. He wants to weigh you down with that guilt and that shame. Oh, we, oh, oh. And he's just beating us up. And he's slowing you down from running this race that has been set before you. It's slowing you down and, and, and causing you not to fulfill this plan and this purpose that a loving, forgiving father in heaven has for you. It gets back to this thing of unconfessed sin. Listen, I want you to know something today. God wants to set you free from it. He wants to set you free from it. And listen, I, <laughs> sin can seem fun, doesn't it? In fact, I, I heard a preacher one time say, hey, listen, if you're sinning and you're not having fun, you're not doing it the right way. Because the enemy has made sin fun and enjoyable, right? And man, he has a field day with so many of us. He's weighing us down. But I'm telling you, it's affecting your ministry. It's affecting your witness. It's affecting you shining this light that has been placed within you. This power that you possess is being minimized, I believe, because of this very thing that 1 John 1, 9 speaks of. This very thing that the psalmist writes about in Psalm 32. I'm groaning. I feel so depleted. The hand of discipline is just, uh, just uh, oh, but Lord, when I confess to you, that's when that was the watershed moment. Oh, I was set free. And my friend, I want you to know something today that God wants to set you free from that guilt and that shame that you brought on yourself, but God didn't want you to carry that any longer. He wants to release you from that. Now, I've just wondered as I've surveyed our culture and what's happening, like many of you have, when is it all going to come to an end? How's it going to end? When can we snap out of this? When are things going to get back to normal? And, and I, listen, I, I don't have all those answers. I, I don't. And, 
I don't think I'm alone because I see people in, in, in greater leadership capacities and positions and they don't even have it all figured out. And what we thought was this is now this. I, it, it is so confusing, right? I've even had, had people, you know, challenging me saying, hey, listen, you know, wh- what's the plan for, for five or six months? What is our plan this next year? And I just gotta be honest with you, bro. I, I, don't, I don't know that because it's just so, I know, I know who does know that. I, I, I know God knows that, but I'm just telling you, it's so confusing. But, but as I'm serving what's happening around us, right? I'm like, man, where do you look to? And what, what's the, when, when's the breakthrough gonna come? And, and, and I was taken back to a passage of scripture that, 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 that so many of us know and we pray it a lot. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and restore their land. Round of applause if you've heard that verse before. Yeah, you've heard that. Some of you have got that verse you know, on a piece of faux wood hanging in your home right now. You do. I'm going to read to you that same passage of scripture with one verse prior to that from the message translation. See if this does not sound like maybe the days and the times we find ourselves living in. That same passage of scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 from the message translation says this. If I ever shut off the supply of rain from the skies, okay, <laughs> Or order the locusts to eat the crops. All right. Or if I send a plague on my people. Okay. And my people, my God-defined people, if they will respond by humbling themselves, praying, seeking my presence, and turning their backs on their wicked lives, I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven, forgive their sins, (laughs) and restore their land to health. Wow. Might this just be one of the limiting factors in the restoration of our land? our culture. You see, here's what I believe. Confession precedes restoration. Let me say that again. Rewind the tape. Confession precedes restoration. You know what's needed in our nation? Confession. And until confession happens, restoration won't. You know what's needed in your personal life today? Confession. I'm just praying for a breakthrough, Jason. Oh, I just need to see God intervene and work in my life in this way. Okay, okay. Confess. Humble yourselves. Pray. Seek his face. Turn, homo legeo, acknowledge, but turn, repent, confess, turn from that. And I'm telling you, 
the Lord says, I will restore you. You see, confession precedes restoration. So here's my question for you today. Is there anything you need to lay at the feet of the Father? Listen, God already knows it, but he's wanting you to name it. He knows it, you need to name it. And you need to lay that at his feet. What is it today that is the hindrance in your life towards you being restored? What is limiting, what is hindering your restoration today? Those first few verses in Psalm chapter 32, the ones that precede the three verses I've already read to you, look what Psalm 32 beginning in verse one says. The psalmist says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all our wickedness. Holy Spirit, I'm praying that right now you would have your way in this moment. Would you step into every environment represented right now, everyone that's logged on from Buffalo to Bull Verde, Gary and Mickey up in Buffalo to, to Dennis right down the street here off of Sisterdale. Would you step into every environment right now, Holy Spirit, and do what you want to do? Father, help us search our hearts right now. Expose anything in us that is not from you. Is there unforgiveness in our heart? Father, is there some racial prejudice and bias towards individuals that we need to confess of in this moment? Father, is there a, a, a sin issue that has to deal with lust or infidelity? Father, is there a financial integrity matter in our lives? Father, are we liars? Father, whatever our hands are dirty of, whatever has made its way into our hearts, Holy Spirit, expose it right now. Have your way. Fill us with your presence and do what you do in this moment.